Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast, part of Action Network and proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. I am Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer of the Action Network. I am joined, as I am in every episode, by my co-host, by my BFF, by my companion, my compadre, professional better, Simon Hunter. Hello, Simon. Aloha, Chad. It's my uh, first all-nighter. Did not sleep, so I would not miss this show since I've been in Hawaii. Well, why? What What's going on? Uh, Well, not only do I love doing this show, so I don't want to miss this show, but a little bit of a nerd fact, I am obsessed with space. I love all things space. And today, we launched... I say we as human beings, uh, but Elon Musk did uh, the Starship. I don't know if you know anything about that, Chad. Dude, I watched it. Did you? Yeah. So it was exciting. They got it off the ground, but then it wouldn't break apart like it was supposed to. So it blew up. But like they said, all the nerds said in the chat, this is what we want. We want to learn. So we got to take it with a grain of salt. But it's exciting. Like the fact that, you know, people are so negative every day. You just hear all the negative stories in the news and all this horrible things. You know, sometimes there's some exciting things as being a human, and this is one of those moments where it's like, this is pretty crazy. They're building ships right now to try to send people to Mars in the next couple of years. So uh, the fact that the first one they built got off the ground, it was pretty uh, pretty historical to watch. So that, that's awesome. I didn't know you got up and watched that too. You know what I love about you, Simon? <laughs> people could hear you on the podcast or only know a little bit about you, know that you're a professional better, and not understand that you've got a deep well of interest of empathy that you get excited by things that you can be optimistic listen i i i agree with you about space exploration and the importance of bringing it to the masses and what it can give us in terms of enthusiasm and hope because it's what's next. That's yeah. where you go. Like you got to figure it out. Um, also, we have to figure out what the fuck is happening with this NFL draft. <laughs> We're going to bring on Evan Abrams, our director of research in a minute. He's got a lot of cool things we can talk about. Ohio State quarterback history, what's happening with CJ, CJ Stroud. What are the Packers going to do now? Basic draft positioning as we get closer and closer before we came on the air, we were talking about Bryce Young, whose odds got as high as minus 2,000, and now they're dropping a little bit. There's all this Will Levis smoke. There's all this CJ Stroud smoke. Evan said something really interesting, and I don't want him to comment yet, but you and I are going to talk about this. Everyone talks about these quarterbacks. Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Hendon Hooker, maybe. Um, maybe that's not the, the highlight of the draft. And maybe it's Will Anderson. And all of a sudden, like, there's this momentum for Will Anderson at number two. It's getting very interesting. Yeah. No, this is the this that time of year, Chad. It's just there's a lot of hearsay. Again, we'll talk about on this show here. There's a couple guys who opinions I value higher than other people's. So when they put out their mocks, that moves numbers. We've seen a bunch of numbers moved. And again, we're going to dive into it. It's just because certain people carry certain weight. And we just know how it is where they're not just doing it for the clicks. They clearly know something when they say something. So 
the movement these last couple of days Chad, has been insane. And that's the kind of thing we love with these kind of drafts where it's like, you know, there's no guaranteed guy still at the top of these drafts. There's so many different little dominoes going to happen. So going to, going to love and hear what uh, Evan has to say about it. But it, once again, it's one of those things where we kind of, we kind of listen to these trends. And if you, if you know anything about these drafts, that history repeats itself. So one of those drafts where if a, if a quarterback doesn't go two or three, Oh man, it's going to be never ending drama in this draft draft. That does happen. It's going to be amazing. Uh, reminder, you say these markets are moving and these markets move based on a lot of the bets that are coming in from people like Vegas Refund, Lou Swain, who works at Action as a part of our um, uh, our fantasy, our, our, uh, our Action Island shows. I was going to say Fantasy Island. Our Action Island shows all season long. Uh, him and Nick Garisco, who was on with us earlier in the week, are going to do an Action Network final mock draft podcast. When we talk about markets moving, these are two of the guys that move the markets. That Nick pointed out on Tuesday that Luke had made a bet on a certain player, I forget who it was, and Books took that bet down after he made it because it was it was sort of screwing with their liability. Uh, before we get to Evan Abrams, Director of Research at Action Network, reminder, the podcast is proudly presented by Bet365 the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer. Bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. Offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Also, I'm going to keep saying it because I freaking love this product. Guys, you got to download the GameTime app. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. I love GameTime. I use it all the time. No joke. I used it when I was on spring break, went to the Yankees game with my kid and his friends. It was so easy. Great tickets, cheap. If you're looking to get out to a pro or college game this week or even a concert, GameTime has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of these. I'm actually going to open GameTime right now from my house. Look, the Sixers are visiting the Nets. The Nets got to win. You can get into the house for a desperation game in Brooklyn for less than 90 bucks. No matter where you live, download the GameTime app, get out and have some fun this week. You deserve it. You can redeem code favorites for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, just download the app and enter code favorites for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. It's no joke, folks. It's a great way to get out. Easy, quick. All right, Evan Abrams, we're bringing you in. Before we get to our very carefully curated topics that Matt Mitchell is going to force me to talk about. Right now, because you are a sneaky active better, throwing you a, a curveball here. Sure. Give me the biggest draft bet you've made so far. Wow. Uh, the biggest draft bet I've made, I think, is Bijan Robinson uh, to go like top five or six in that range. That That is the biggest bet I've made so far because I think someone's going to reach up for him. I, I think people are talking top 10, but I, I think he's going to be one of the best players. And I think someone's going to reach for what they know is the best player with the best specs. And I, I just think when you look overall, the quarterbacks are weak. 
And I think we keep waffling between those five quarterbacks from every person you're talking to, to every GM you hear, because there's no one great. There's no Trevor Lawrence. There's no one with great stature and everyone keeps going back and forth. And I think they're going to end up looking at the D linemans, the Will Andersons and the Bijan Robinsons in the sense that these people are just going to produce. So I like Bijan and I think he's going to go early. Well, that's interesting. Simon, what do you think of that? That'd be crazy. Again, that's one of those moves that would, you know, shake up the whole draft. You can go on bed through two, uh, bet, bet three, six, five right now and get him at plus 120 to be a top 10 pick. Cause I think most people assume he'll go to the Eagles, right? That's the the rumor you keep hearing, but would not shock me at all if he goes to Seahawks or if he goes to the Lions. Like those are two teams that they think they're in win now mode. So again, he is the most complete player. So not at all would be a shock. I mean, you're probably getting crazy odds of bet him to be top five. Um, it's, is it risky, Chad? I would say no, just because you're getting a good plus number. Um, but it's definitely one of those picks where, like, you know, I would I would assume most people think it's going to be the quarterbacks. Um, and then, you know, it's going to be Will Anderson or Carter at that pick. So um, right now, if you want to take him to be a top five pick on bed 365, it is plus uh, 66 to one. So if you want wow. six, yeah, 66 to one right now, you just want to throw a little bit on that. Why not? Because it's one of those things that it would not be shocking to see a team trade up, especially in that five spot and taking him there uh, where Seattle is picking. Well, look, you know, I got to say, um, right now on ESPN.com, there is a story that has a phenomenal headline. It's meet Bijan Robinson, a generational NFL draft talent in the wrong generation. I'm going to get a little, <laughs> I'm going to get a little writerly geeky here because it's written by a writer named Hallie Grossman, who uh, I worked with closely when I was editor in chief of the magazine. She was started as a reporter at the magazine, incredibly talented. She rose up, became a writer at the magazine. She's still writing for ESPN. The story is amazing. And it lays out in very smart writing and very good scenes and very good analysis the quandary that is Bajan Robinson as a generational talent at a time when running backs are so poorly valued by the NFL. And that when you draft a receiver who works out like a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase and you get them for cheap in those first few years, it's saving you so much more money than when you get a running back who you're going to have to overpay as a high draft pick and he'll immediately become one of the highest paid running backs Someone said in the in the story, he basically have to produce like Christian McCaffrey, a thousand yards receiving, a thousand yards rushing, which he's done once, McCaffrey, and it's only been done three times in the NFL history. For the money they'd have to pay Bajan Robinson, he'd have to do it every year. Um, it's a great story. With what you guys are saying, with what Evan is saying, we'd have to expect, looking at the top five, it would either be Arizona or Seattle that would be most likely to take Bijan Robinson if he's going to go top five. Sure. Yeah. I would say it's, it's a pretty safe bet at this point to say Arizona won't be making that pick from everything you hear. It just seems like if CJ is the one that falls, if it's Will Levis, that's the one that falls. Like there's a bunch of guys that Anthony Richardson, there's just a bunch of different people that, We've heard all these teams talk about these quarterbacks. The Colts is the pick, right? Like everyone knows the Colts are most likely going to take a quarterback there. So that pick three just seems like Tennessee, 
Vegas. There's all these different teams that kind of want to move into that spot, take that quarterback. So once again, it's it's a bet on the Seahawks. It's a bet on that five spot at sixty six to one. Why not make the bet? You're like you're literally just got to put a penny on it. It's more about the bet, the top ten. Like you're getting plus one twenty on that as well, which we love. Um, it's not that we're saying it's kind of the idea of. It is old school, like what Chad's saying now. It's anyone that has a, a draft chart, you'll never get the value back of drafting a running back this high. But when you're a complete team and you know you can get a guy who's like Saquon Barkley, anyone can remember Saquon Barkley's rookie year. That kid had nothing around him. One of the worst offensive lines I've ever seen, one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen, and he was untouchable. Like that 21, 22-year-old young running back, we've seen it time and time again. When they get drafted up high, they're they're not like – you know, the Richardsons, the bust of the past. Nowadays, they have they have enough resources now and they draft these guys and these top picks like this. You're going to get a Zeke. You're going to get a Saquon Barkley user. You're usually going to get a workhorse guy. So to me, that's why it makes sense. Like Evan just said, taking it at that number, why not, Chad? That's just such good value at 66 to 1. Would you like the Eagles to take them? Do you feel like the Eagles, as they're currently constructed, they're closest to being a complete team? Certainly of everybody who's in the top of that board. Um he could obviously Carter would Carter would be number one by far. Like I I love a good D tackle. And we again we drafted one last year, but Jalen Carter, you mean? Yes, Jalen Carter. So to me, if he somehow falls to 10, that's automatically a pick. But of course I want Robinson. It's like I compare the kid to AP. He is truly a freak. And most people's draft boards, they have him in the top three, top four. I have him as my number two guy. I'm the high, I really highly rated. So I want him to do it, Chad. I just the the Eagles fan in me and the Howie fan. It's just how he doesn't do that. So it would be one of the more shocking picks. But again, I mean, I don't know if we can talk about it. But Peter Schrager, a guy I do respect, he mocked him going to the Eagles. And he wouldn't just do that just to do it. He's doing it because he knows something. So to me, a guy like Peter puts that out there and it's a big deal. We've seen that number move. It was, I think, plus 200 from the top 10 pick. Peter put out his mock, did his uh, Good Morning America, Good Morning Football show, and we saw him move to plus 120. So um, to me, he's not just saying it just to say it. He's not one of those type of people. Like, if he's going to put something in there, that's a big deal. And now we've seen guys like Peter King talk about he's heard, too, that the Eagles like this kid a lot, and that's a good pick for them. So I don't want him to do it, Chad, um, just because I'm one of those people I take into the draft math. That that's just a, not a valuable pick there. Taking a running back there, you can get a running back in the second, third round that could be, you know, Adam, Adam, could be a Kamara. You know, that's what you're looking for. So I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm like you, Chad, as a fan, of course I want the kid. Like I want, I want him. I don't want the offensive lineman that's not going to do anything this year. I want the running back. So um, yeah, the 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 fan in me hopes it is, but I I I just can't see it happen. I see a different team swooping in that top ten and taking him before then. Well, what's funny is uh, you mentioned the Eagles and Howie and Schrager put that out. And I saw that too. In the story that I mentioned by Howie on ESPN.com right now, uh, the opening scene and an anchor scene in the story is Bijan having to convince Howie why he's worthy of being taken so high as a running back. And almost like trying to avoid using the phrase running back when he's making his pitch <laughs> because everybody knows nobody wants to take a running back because of the value that high. <laughs> it is the middle of the NBA playoffs, right? Or the beginning of the NBA playoffs. And we're going to get more into the draft. Um, Evan found an amazing NBA playoff betting stat last night. So tell us what it is, Evan. 
Yeah. So I think you just have to touch on this because literally it's taking over the world currently just because it keeps going. So teams that win also cover the spread. And that's been an unbelievable trend so far. So in this year's playoffs, the winner of the game is 16-0 and against the spread. Now you say to yourself, okay, underdog wins automatically happens. And if the spreads aren't large, tends to happen anyway. But if you look over the last three years, it's now 174-13. and So winner also covers the spread. It's about 93%, which is actually an 8% difference between the previous three years. So something's happening in that area. And the fun one that everyone likes is it's actually covered in 44 straight playoff games. Um, So, and the thing that's interesting, if you look at the board right now, like the next six or eight games, currently the next few days, no spreads larger than six. So that actually might be telling you a little bit why it's happening. So basically, whoever you like to win the game, if you like the underdog, like let's say you like the Nets tonight in desperation mode against the Sixers, just bet the Nets on the money line. Sprinkle. Do it. Yeah. Go sprinkle. Yeah. It's happening on both sides. And the interesting thing, which you can hear on all of our other podcasts and all of our other content is the first half trend when you're down 0-2 going home. So there's all sorts of things kind of working in that Brooklyn favor tonight. So we'll see how it goes. Little zigzag. zag. Ziggy, 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 zag. Uh, all right, let's get back to the draft. Nice little NBA interlude. I wake up this morning. I don't know if you guys saw this, but the socials are abuzz with talk about CJ Stroud blowing off the Manning Passing Academy. and Three tying, years ago in high school. And tying that. Yeah, I didn't. Re- I didn't see any of the context. Yeah, it's, honestly, it's from three years ago when he was in high school. Honestly, Simon, I saw it all, and I thought, this is really fucking stupid. Like, this yeah. is when, this is when it gets to, someone's being used, right? When the media starts coming out with this, we saw this a few years ago with the whole Mac Jones, Trey Lance stuff. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Like, the guys in the media, this this is when smoke screens are at their highest. And when capital J journalism is at its lowest, because guys just run with rumors wildly uh, because they know it can sort of be interesting fodder and like the stakes aren't so high, you know, it becomes just incredibly irresponsible and silly. And I saw it. You got to be smart though, because again, I'll never forget a story about supposedly the Bills leaked info about Josh Allen not being close with a lot of guys on his team. But it was because he was a senior and the rest of his team were like, you know, sophomores and juniors. A lot of the guys he was friends with already left the teams. And the Bills joked about, they're like, yeah, we put that in the media because we wanted drafts to drop. So it it is a lot of chess pieces like moving here for these kind of things like Chad's touching on. Dude, dude, the the GMs are playing chess and the media is playing checkers is the problem. (laughs) And or or the GMs are playing chess and they know that the people in the media who put these things out there are the pawns because – They're just moving people around, whatever. This CJ Stroud stuff, the fact that it's coming out now, do we think it's having an impact, Evan, I'll start with you, on his draft position? Or was that already something that was being impacted? 
Yeah, the Manning Academy thing means nothing. It's a story. There's just too much time right now where nothing is going on in like the NFL landscape. And it happens every single year. And we'll talk about it later with Hendon Hooker. But people are just making stuff up and people are making stories. Then you get higher profile people making mock drafts and he listens to him and he listens to her. It becomes an absolute mess. And the fact that Simon said it, this wasn't even this year. This wasn't even last year. It's like, okay enough already. And people were looking at Stroud as an issue even prior to this, you know, his play, the Ohio state thing, there's enough stuff you can find issues with when it comes to Stroud that you don't need to make up something from three years ago that probably meant nothing. That's my opinion. Yeah. It all seems a little bit silly. I feel like I will continue to say this. If you're drafting a quarterback, number one, overall, it should be CJ Stroud, Simon, where do you have CJ Stroud? You said you said you had Bijan number two. I know how seriously you take this. Where do you have CJ Stroud? I have CJ at three. I Car- I still have Carter at one. Like I know Carter is all the off-field stuff, and I, I watched a lot of his tape. He hundred percent took plays off, but he's a college kid who would get a double, and then he would just stand there with the double. Like it was kind of those things where. He would take plays off. I know why people hate on Jalen Carter for it. Um, it's definitely there on tape. In the NFL, you just don't do that, especially not maybe when you're, you know, year eight vet, you can take some plays off. He's If he's coming in as a top five, top ten pick, there's no plays off for Jalen Carter. So I think that's one of the big negatives for him. CJ, yeah, my number third ranked player. Chad, it's I've taken some shit, a lot of DMs, guys talking shit to me about me saying I wouldn't take Bryce Young until the second round. It's – Honestly, I the way I look at this, it's it's just a business. It's nothing personal. Bryce Young to me is one of the smartest quarterbacks I've ever evaluated. The kid's brains is off the charts. His football IQ is insane, but he can't run under a four five forty. He weighs under two hundred pounds. It's like the kid, if he was six three six four and had wide shoulders and a bigger body, I wouldn't have a second round grade on him. He would be easier first round pick. So that's why I just can't wrap my head around it that this kid is going to go number one overall. Um, if you're still in a position like I am that you want to fade it, once again, bet three, six, five, you can go on there right now. You can take CJ Stroud to be the first pick. It's plus 800. You can go to pick two. He's plus 1000 right now. Bryce young to be the second pick overall. I still think that's the realm of a possibility that Carolina was just bluffing. They were just trying to get a pick out of Houston. Houston doesn't bite. They end up taking CJ anyway. And then Bryce young follows falls to Houston, which Houston have been saying for two months now, that's who they want. So um, if you want to fade the public, that's the play right now. You can do an easy – sadly, you can't parlay it anymore. Most books don't let you parlay these draft picks, but um, make a straight bet of plus 800. CJ be the first pick. Bryce Young will be the second pick is plus 1,000. So uh, I'm like you. I still can't really wrap my head around it because I just think, yes, CJ does have some negatives, but the positives far, far outweigh it. The kid is – a good athlete. He's big bodied. He's got a good arm. He's smart too. Like football intelligence wise, he's smart. Um, I mean, Evan might touch on it when we give him give him this Ohio State trivia, but there's a there's a there's definitely a knock against Ohio State quarterbacks, Chad. I think you're one of the teams that benefited from it getting Justin Fields where you did. He dropped, we heard, because he's a he was a Ohio State quarterback. So we've seen it time and time again. These Ohio State quarterbacks do drop in these drafts. I think there's a difference, though. I, I think the knocks on Bryce are actually his stature and a lot of things that have to do with his play, while the knocks on Stroud are about, like, Buckeye history. Like, I think there's a difference. Yeah. Like, you look at Stroud and you say to yourself, that actually kind of looks like a quarterback, right? Like, that looks like someone you can, you know, 
trade up for potentially. I just don't see it with Bryce. So I'm on I'm on the same page with you. He just doesn't look like someone I want to invest in. But you're looking right. like a project, like a, a, yeah. a second round, like a Jalen Hurts type project. So right. that, that's what I'm just not getting here with Bryce Young. It's it's an incredible move by his agent and Nick Saban to get him into this position that he's in right now. I love so, what the did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm never a big fan of of these history opinions on quarterbacks from various schools. It's like, to me, when you, when you ascribe value to, oh, the bears have, you know, haven't beaten the Packers in 27 years, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Nobody on any of these teams is relevant to anything that happened more than three years ago. And it matters though, Chad, don't be why? a fool. Why? I'm with Chad. Because we, you don't get it, brother. You, Time is an endless circle. It, history repeats itself and never ending. That's why it's so important. Like, I'm with you. I take it with a grain of salt, too, but you can't throw it out. There's something to it. I told you the Bears have never drafted a good quarterback, and Ohio State's never produced one. No one will be shocked if Justin Fields out of the league in six years. It's just the God honest truth, Chad. It's like you are a cursed franchise. You can't draft quarterbacks. You know it. I told you name your favorite quarterback in your history. I think you said Sid Luckman or whatever the hell it was. Um, someone from the 60s. So um, I'm here's trying my, not to. Here's my Sid Luckman bobblehead who until Justin <laughs> Fields was the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history. And he's from the 40s. And also, Holy I want to point something out. I want to point something out. Okay. You have gone from warm, sentimental, nearly weepy about the wonders of space exploration <laughs> hardcore business on Bryce Young not being worthy of being a number one overall pick or even a first round pick. Now to the mysticism of time is a flat circle. You are a 3D person, <laughs> Simon, and I love that about you. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. The depths of Simon Hunter are endless. <laughs> Evan. Why do you agree with me? And what is your take on Ohio State quarterbacks in history? I just agree with you because, again, it's a past. It means nothing with C.J. Stroud. Yes, it's an interesting thing with the program, but I'll give you the numbers anyway, and then we can go into it. So if you want to draft an Ohio State quarterback, history's not on your side. Uh, Justin Fields will actually become the only Ohio State quarterback to be the primary starter for two seasons or more. That's <laughs> That, that it just it, it hasn't happened other than that. Um, is that wait, not wait, crazy, wait, Chad? Wait, Come on, wait, that is an wait. insane stat. He'll be I didn't the know only that. Ohio State quarterback in NFL history, be the primary starter for two seasons or more. That is it. There have been 19 Buckeye quarterbacks selected in the NFL draft. That's draft and supplemental when you uh, when you throw in Terrell Pryor. Going back to like 19 to the Jay Berwanger draft, 1937, yeah. 1901. That's it. Those are like, yeah, I think That's the crazy. first one was like in the 30s when when I look back at the uh, the stats that I was looking at. Those quarterbacks are combined 42 and 88. <laughs> the three first round picks, Justin Fields, Dwayne Haskins, Art Schleister, 44 wow. starts, Damn. 36 losses. Haskins and Schleister are That's two brutal. tragic stories. Very, very <laughs> tragic. Very, yes. Fuck. <laughs> I guess the one thing you could take from it is this. So Ohio State first overall picks, Orlando Pace, GOAT, Dan Wilkinson, not GOAT, Tom Kuzanow, flop. And then if you want to go to the NBA draft, you can give you Greg Oden. How's Greg Oden? That work out? 
That's, oh, a joke. that's mean. That's, that's just mean. Was Bosa not number one? Or no, Bosa was number two. two. Damn. I mean, listen, not a sterling track record. I think we just discussed why maybe it doesn't matter so much when you evaluate Stroud, but oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Was that going to be your <laughs> trivia question? I'll set up the trivia question because it actually it gets even more fun. So, like I said, 19 Ohio State quarterbacks have been selected in an NFL draft or supplemental draft. Only one has made the Pro Bowl. Mr. Millman? Well, it's not Justin Fields yet. <laughs> Mike Tomzak. It's a good – oh, that's a really good one. It's not because that's a good one because he, he, was, he was undrafted. And then Harbaugh came. Okay. So who would it be? All right. So the extra hint, he actually made it as a punter. It's Tom Tupa. That is such a such an indictment on the history of Ohio State quarterbacks and does not make me feel good about the future for Justin Fields. To me, that stat just says it all. Listen, Fields five and twenty as a starter. So we'll see how it Fuck goes. Fuck you, Evan Abrams. Uh, but again, how much you want to weigh for Stroud? We'll see. All right. Can we talk about Hendon Hooker? Because he's sort of like, there's a lot of bets out there over under four and a half on total quarterbacks taken in the first round. And I think that's a really interesting one. He's obviously the pivot point for that number being over. A lot of conversation lately about him being a guy that teams are starting to think about. I think it's indicative of how each team has so many questions about each one of these quarterbacks. But it's again, it's crazy. He's four years older than Anthony Richardson. He's 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's why it's so hard to wrap my head around these kind of things where it's like, I did not think he was gonna be a first round pick. And now we've seen most people mocking Hayden at that that back end, Hooker being, I don't know, they have him going at pick 30 to on a lot of these mocks. So um interesting you know where Evan's opinion is on it. Yeah. Well, I want to get Evan's opinion on this also because I think as a quarterback, your career has been extended. Do you know what I mean? Look at Brady, look at Rodgers, look at Breeze, look at players who um, you get hit less. If you're smart about how you handle your body, then you can play longer. I'm not saying it's going to be the norm, but I think there's probably less of a concern drafting a 25-year-old than there might have been a decade ago. I would say because of Joe Burrow, maybe. That's the reason people aren't as scared because Joe came out late. I think Joe was... What was he two years at Ohio State before he transferred to LSU? I just remember he 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 did his yeah. time in college, so maybe that's part of it too, Chad. But definitely, I always think of the Brandon Whedon thing. Like Brandon Whedon came out, I think he got drafted at what twenty nine or something like that yeah. uh, by Dallas, yeah. and that or maybe it was the Browns. And everyone was just like, well, "Why the hell would you do that?" So that's always my pause with it. it's just like you're you're already losing so many young good years there. Um, it's just interesting that. You know, Hooker's coming off a big knee injury and he's 25. It's it's crazy he's been able to work his way into that top 30, 32. Evan, what's your take? Yeah, uh, you, you, Simon actually just mentioned, and I was going to be like, that was kind of the hook in the whole thing, which is the ACL torn in November. No so. pun intended. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. But not only 25, but injured too. And, and I think we kind of do this every year. And I, Vegas refund Luke Swain mentioned this as well. And I think it's really important. We have so much time. We create all these things. Like, think about the past years. Desmond Ritter, Davis Mills, Jacob Beeson, Will Greer, Mason Rudolph. Like, I can go on and on and on. We end up having so much time, we create first-round value out of third-round picks. <laughs> and I think that ends up what really happens here. But listen, 
when you look at having to actually take five quarterbacks in the first round, it just doesn't happen often. 2021, 2018, 1999, 1983. The only four times it's happened since the merger. So I know we're like falling in love with four or five quarterbacks, and that's because we probably don't have one or two. And everyone wants to get a quarterback right away. But this just seems a little off to me. That is a great fucking line. We're falling in love with four to five quarterbacks because we don't have one or two. That says it all. That says it all. I could see the Saints drafting Hendon Hooker at 29. But think about the money. And Simon knows more about this than I do in this sense. But think about the investment, right? Like you say to yourself, okay, Hooker's the guy, 29, 30, whatever it is. The first round investment in that quarterback coming off that you got to be really confident in what you're doing to not take a lineman, just a piece on your team that is maybe missing to take a chance. Feels, feels odd. What's your trivia question for Tennessee? Only two Tennessee quarterbacks have been drafted in the first three rounds ever. One was Peyton Manning 25 years ago. Can you name the other drafted a few years earlier? I got some hints if you, if you need a few years earlier, earlier, Vinny Testaverde. He went to Miami. (laughs) (laughs) So he was a flop. Not, not shocking. This one's from uh, our producer, Matt Mitchell, which might help Chad. He later became a North Carolina congressman. Oh, uh, <laughs> it was uh, Heath Schuler. Nailed it very well. There yeah. you go. Heath yeah, was, Schuler, number five, by the way. I was going to say he was drafted after Marshall Falk, but before Willie McGinnis. A nice little yes. Sam. Matt Mitchell either could be 35 years old or 55 years old. I will never truly know. No, it's totally true. Also, there was another quarterback. Like it came down to Schuler and another quarterback in that draft. I can't remember who it is. Maybe Matt Mitchell can look it up while we're talking. Because um, the other team I want to talk about um, is the Green Bay Packers, who have very serious tendencies for drafting first-round quarterbacks. They're at 15. They've committed to Jordan Love. They are devoid of a ton of talent in a lot of spots. What do we think they're going to do? And it's been really sad because I feel like, you know, working in social for a while and being in stats, this stat has been regurgitated for years. It is literally the fact that since they drafted Aaron Rodgers in 2005, Green Bay has had two GMs, Gunkust and Thompson. Here are the first round picks by position. Six defensive linemen, four linebackers, three defensive backs, one quarterback, love, two safeties and two offensive line, two offensive tackles. So basically since 2000, the Packers have only taken two total wide receivers, running backs or tight ends in the first round. They just have never given him help in the draft. And it was even widely uh, seen in the last few years when he asked for it. So insane. And if you go even further back, 1970, the Packers have only taken three other pass catchers in the first round. And two of them are Hall of Famers, Sterling Sharp, James Lofton, and Barry Smith. So it's just not something Green Bay does in probably an area that they need some help in. Green Bay drafts, it might be the most, you know how teams can represent their cities? The Steelers are representative of Pittsburgh. The Cowboys representative of Dallas. The way the Packers draft is representative of Green Bay. 
they go stout, they go big, they go infrastructure, they go non-glamour. You're 100% right. And I think in the past, it's probably bid them a little bit well in that sense. Like they've actually built a really good fortress of a team on both sides of the ball. And I think they've actually made the right decisions, but in that alienated the quarterback. So interesting strategy. Uh, the Heath Schuler draft was 1994. Mm-hmm. And the other quarterback that was being debated was Trent Dilfer, who went two picks later. What do you want to talk about next, Evan? Do you want to talk about Stetson Bennett or do you want to talk about the group of five? Still a group of five. To me, this stat is ridiculous. Okay. So a lot of mock drafts do not feature any group of five conference players going in the first round. These are players from the non-major conferences like AAC, Sunbelt, MAC. But history tells us a G5 player will get taken early. A G5 player has gone in the first round every single year since 1990, more than 30 consecutive drafts. And the thing that's interesting is you look at mock drafts all over the place and there are none. Now, I think a reason for this could be the fact that we're just widening our scope in terms of how many players we're looking at from different schools, division two, division, like just different places we're looking for scouting. But I'm honestly curious from Simon's point of view, like how is this even possible that these groups of different schools don't have the talent to kind of get into this area? It just feels like possibly an outlier, but could be a trend. It's funny you said because I asked a scout literally about this not even two days ago when I was talking. His reasoning makes more sense of what my thought was. His reason was COVID. He thinks this is kind of a COVID effect of a lot of guys just redshirted a year. A lot of guys sit at these schools where these big-time programs and, you know, these smaller schools, it's changed. A lot of these guys, if you're really good at a smaller school, why wouldn't you transfer try to get an NIL deal, right, at one of these, new, one of these bigger schools? So that could be part of it. So in my opinion – I thought it was something to do with that. Like if you're if you're a really good because you know how it was back in the day, you'd you'd hear about some random center at um some small school in Colorado that was a freak or you know, like a TO at what where was this school? Louisiana Tech or do you remember Not the name of the school? I remember it was something really weird. Yeah. Um there's always that guy. Like there's almost always that guy that kind of pops on the board. So the fact that you know we don't have that type this year. It's not that shocking just because I think it has to do something with COVID and NIL deals. Like, it's just there's so much money out there. If you are this freak and you're at a, a, a D2 school, you know, why wouldn't you try to get to a bigger school and try to make some money while you're in college? Because, you know, most guys, I would say they're pretty rational about this nowadays. They know the NFL is not the NLB all. You can go to the AFL. There's other leagues now you can go play in. It doesn't have to just be the NFL. So it kind of makes sense. But I always think there's a Belichick out there where Belichick will just see some guy we don't even know about. Um, and he'll just take him in the first round. People are like, who the hell is this safety from Fairleigh Dickinson? It's like, well, Belichick knows the kid's dad or something weird like that. All right, guys, listen. We are one week from the draft right now. As we are recording this podcast in a week, we'll be, you know, seven hours away from the first pick being named. We know how much activity there is in the final 48 hours, 24 hours, even 12 hours before a draft. Simon first, then Evan. Tell me what will be the narrative at this time next week 
that is surprising us, that is settling the draft? What do we think the narrative about the draft at the top of the draft will be? I still think I'll just be the quarterbacks. The the Will Levis thing is real. Like his his movement's been the most shocking just because, once again, he's an older quarterback as well. He's had one really good season, one horrible season. Don't really know what to make of the kid. He's injury prone as well. But you hear from all these different GMs, he's got the body and the arm, Chad, which I talk about all the time. Like it's sometimes it's really that simple. If they have the body and the arm, you go, well, we'll put him out there and see what we can get. It's kind of like that Brock Osweiler thing. It's like Brock Osweiler made sense on paper. He was tall as shit, had a great arm, had one good season, and we saw him just fall apart. So it's kind of one of those things where I think I've been touching on when you have a giraffe, you're not really sure who the best quarterback is, and you're kind of mixing, matching all these different guys. All it takes is one team to fall in love with a guy. Like it, it's really all that it takes. So to me, I I still think the biggest drama of the draft is gonna come down to that third pick. I think if Arizona moves out of that pick and a team moves up, it's kind of gonna make a lot of chaos here just because I think the Colts are acting like they want Will Levis, but I think the Colts deep down want Anthony Richardson, and I think he'll be going at the third pick. So to me, that's gonna be the drama of the draft, especially next week. All the rumors flying. I think it's all about that third pick. Evan, what's the narrative? I'll say two. One, I love the Jalen Carter stuff because also Drew Rosenhaus, like the problems he's had in the past, Drew's done such a great job at leveling out all the issues and being like, this is the talent, this is the kid. I think he's going to fly up. I think someone's going to take a shot earlier because I think he's safer than the quarterbacks. And then it's obviously what Simon said. It is the quarterbacks. And I'll actually lead into a great stat with the quarterbacks. So most consecutive drafts without taking a quarterback in the first round, it's the Saints. 51 years their last first rounder Archie Manning in 1971 but the hook here is next on the list is the Cowboys fine it was Troy Aikman but then you've got the Seahawks and the Raiders Seahawks at 29 years Raiders at 15 years last being Jamarcus Russell but the Raiders is the interesting part right because I do agree that the Arizona is going to probably flop out of there and I think the Raiders really want a quarterback and I think the intriguing thing next year's class much better than this year's class. So do you make the move now or do you wait to see if you get into the mix next year? Do you try to package something? It's kind of the thing that I think is the most interesting thing overall. And I've heard that from scouts too, that Williams, that teams don't want to just come out and say they're tanking Chad, but the Williams makes teams want to come out and just tank. Like that kid would be the number one pick, no doubt this year in this year's draft. So it's not shocking, will not be shocking to me if, Bryce Young goes at one and Houston does pass on a quarterback. Like I do think they should take CJ there, but in their mind, if they're like, screw it, like we can't compete in our division anywhere. Let's kick it down the road, go for Williams next year. That, that would be the move. Like the kid is incredible. So I think I have a hit on the head there. There's some teams that we think are going to be in on the quarterback and they might not be just because of Williams next year. It's going to be an exciting week, guys. I cannot wait as we get closer. Reminder to everybody. You can hear the show live on AMP, as we've been doing. Uh, After the show, we do give exclusive giveaways to our AMP listeners. Also, starting next week, the show will be live on YouTube. It's another uh, platform. You guys might have heard of it. Um, So you'll be able to check us out on YouTube, on the Action Network YouTube page. Also, reminder, the Favorites podcast is Proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive 
Sign up, offer, bet $1 on any game and get $200 in bonus bets. Must be 21 or older. The offer is available in Colorado, New Jersey, Ohio, and Virginia. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Evan Abrams, great stuff, buddy. Simon Hunter, as always, you uh, you you relay a level of depth that I think is uncommon in the sports media, sports betting media space. For our fantastic producer, Matt Mitchell, I am Chad Millman. This has been the Favorites Podcast, part of the Action Network. Download us from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Very important. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Leave us five stars. Say whatever you want. Feedback is a gift. Until next time, love you. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.